Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby. We are thankful that you have joined us today. This is the work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We're located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. You can reach us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, That You May Grow Thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. I am Greg Littmer. I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. I'm Jacob Taylor, one of the evangelists. I'm Ross Oldenkamp, also an evangelist. We're going to turn our attention today to one of the really interesting facets of the teaching of our Lord. We're going to be talking about several of the parables that Jesus presented. They're found in Matthew chapter 13, Mark chapter 4, and Luke chapter 8. We're going to focus our attention, for the most part, on Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. Jacob? Again he began to teach by the sea, and such a very large crowd gathered to him that he got into a boat on the sea and sat down, and the whole crowd was by the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and was saying to them in his teaching, Listen to this, behold the sower went out to sow. As he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of soil. And when the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop, and produced thirty sixty and a hundred times as much and he was saying he who has ears let him hear as soon as he was alone his followers along with the twelve disciples began asking him about the parables and he was saying to them to you it has been given the mystery of the kingdom of god but for those who are outside everything comes in parables so that while seeing they may see and not perceive and while hearing they may hear and not understand Otherwise they might return, and it would be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. Those, these are the ones who are beside the road, where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes away, comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones sown with the seed on the rocky places, who, when they hear the word immediately, receive it with joy. Yet they have no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction or persecution occurs, because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown with the seed among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things enter and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones sown with the seed on the good soil. And they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60, and 100 times as much. Well, I guess the parable of the sower is one of the best known and most beloved of the Lord's parables. And I think maybe not knowing who exactly is listening, maybe not everybody knows what a parable is. And so a parable quite simply is a somewhat lengthy utterance or narrative drawn from nature or human circumstances, the object of which is to set forth a spiritual lesson, a spiritual meaning. It's just an example. 
of the Lord using things and circumstances of everyday life familiar to his listeners to teach a vital spiritual lesson. While best known as the parable of the sowers, its emphasis is upon the soil into which the seed falls and not upon the one so much doing the sowing. It is taken for granted that the sower does his job and that the seed is good. What results depends upon the type of soil that receives the seed. So uh, the parable, the fact that he's even preaching in parables in the first place is interesting because it's easy to think of these as merely uh, merely illustrations. Uh, we, every public speaker looks for a way to get his point across well, but there's something intriguing about the use of parables that Mark tells us, and that is in verse 12, um, that these things are coming in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive. As I said, illustrations are used so that everyone can see clearly something about these parables are actually serving a twofold purpose. For some, they are hearing and actually perceiving. Some are hearing and making the connection. Others are hearing and and throwing up their hands saying, I've come all this way to hear this great speaker I've heard so much about, and he's talking to us about farming. <laughs> what's, what's the point here? It's very interesting. Uh, what well, might mention the fact that Matthew, in his account, uh, brings us on the very same day as the time when Jesus' mother and brothers came seeking him. Matthew, in Matthew chapter 13, verse 1, says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. This would have been the Sea of Galilee, and the city would have been the city of Capernaum. Well, a crowd gathered, and Jesus got into a boat, removed a small distance from the shore, and taught the gathered multitude. It is a story about a man planting seed. It was something of which the Lord's audience would have been well aware. As the sower casts his seed, some of it would fall on ground conducive to growth, and some would not. It seems apparent that the sower is anyone who teaches the gospel to others, and as Luke wrote in Luke chapter 8 and verse 11, the seed is the word of God. Four different types of soils were identified by the Lord, and they are the focus of the parables. Yeah, I, I think in application with the different types of, of soil is that it, the seed goes out to all the different types. Um, you know, when we look at people in forms of evangelism and sharing the, the seed with others, I can't look at somebody and go, okay, they're, they're the rocky places. Or I, you know, we can't write people off based on looking at someone and their lifestyle and think they will never listen to Jesus. We have stories... Of like as we talked about in the previous episode of Paul, formerly Saul, and the lifestyle he lived prior to becoming a Christian, and you know even Ananias's reaction when when um, God tells Ananias that to go to talk to him is you know, do you not know who this is? It's kind of this who this man is, and it's just that anyone can be used for the kingdom, and it's certainly something to understand that the gospel is for all people. 
and to, to share it with all people. It doesn't mean it's going to work in every situation, um, but it, it's our job to share it. During his presentation of the parable, Jesus was asked by his followers and, and his apostles, why did he speak to the people in parables? Parables were not meant to hide. They were meant to teach and increase understanding by drawing vivid pictures that the common man could understand. It was not a matter of the Lord preventing anyone from understanding. But as Isaiah had prophesied in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, many refused to see and hear, and many just flat out refused to understand the truth. However, for those who did listen and who did understand, they were seeing and they were understanding things that the prophets themselves had desired to look into. Yeah, and you know, the difference between the two kinds of people are uh, who, who is it who is really seeking? And uh, you know, as I said before, the parable provided an opportunity for, for easy discounting of the truth. It's, like the, it's kind of like the strong delusion that Paul speaks about uh, in, in 2 Thessalonians. If you don't love the truth, God will give you a reason to just walk away from it. Uh, and he'll let you believe something that's false. Or he'll let you, he'll let you just easily latch on to something and, and discount it. And with the parable, you could, you could just make fun of his simplistic teaching. Um, you, could, you could reject him because you don't like his methods or his manner. But really, Jesus identifies the one who's going to get something out of this. And he is the one, like the disciples, who came to him later and asked him about the parables. That's why he says, to you it has been given to know the mystery. So the difference was, maybe nobody understands really what's being said, but because they were determined to know and they sought for further explanation, they were the ones who were blessed with an understanding. Let's see if we might break this down a little bit more. Jesus spoke of the wayside soil. In between the various plots of cultivated land were pathways. They were hard from constant use, and any seed that fell on this type of soil had little or no chance of growing. Well, many people are the same. They hear the message, but it has little or no chance of having an effect upon them because they've hardened their hearts. The second type of soil that the Lord spoke of was rocky and of little depth. So when the seed fell on such shallow ground, it would spring up real quickly. But then when the rain ceased and the heat of the sun beat upon it, it would wither and die. So it is with the faith of some. The word is received with great joy and they appear strong for a time. When the difficult times of life arise, their faith is so shallow that they fall away. The third type of soil the Lord spoke of was thorny. Jesus identified these thorns as the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. Jesus was speaking of concern for the world earthly things. Even, you know, innocent physical things can become thorns if we allow them to choke the Lord out of first place in our hearts. And then the fourth type of soil Jesus spoke of was the good soil. 
Matthew tells us this represents the man who hears the word and understands it. Mark indicates that it is the individual who hears the word and receives it, while Luke writes of the one who hears and keeps the word. The good soil produces fruit, and that is the responsibility of all faithful children of God. Yeah, I think the with the excellent breakdown of of what each soil represents, I think it's also pointing to um, maybe this are some topics we should address when we're talking to people. That is um, the idea of understanding that making sure someone understands the word and that they um, so that the evil one doesn't come and snatch it away. Um, having someone understand that they're just because we are a Christian, we have a relationship with with Christ, doesn't mean that there's not going to be affliction or um, there will be you know, persecution in that lifestyle of being a Christian. Um, and also with the one, so with the seed among the thorns, the illustration of as they are choked out by the anxiety and deceitfulness of, of the world, of wealth, it's that there is still going to be, um, there's anxieties that are still around as a Christian, um, that being a Christian isn't a trial-free or anxiety-free life, but it's having the best companion there is by your side through it all. And then even with the the good soil certainly is where we all want to be. But I think it's um, very helpful to be able to point these out to people to understand what they're getting into. And that way it takes away the understanding of that possibility if they were to face temptation and then were to give up on it. When they can know from the get-go as you're trying to share the gospel with them that there there is difficulty. But what a friend we have in Jesus that goes with us through it all. It's interesting that over in Mark's account, specifically in verses 24 and 25, he says, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Through the use of parables, Jesus was revealing, not concealing. Those with a receptive heart will receive their find their understanding, their enlightenment. But for those who would not receive the truth, those hearts were hardened, and they would not understand even as much as they thought that they did. Anybody else have anything to add to that? Well, it is nice to know that nothing has changed, and uh, the frustration that the teacher has in sowing the seed uh, is not rooted in himself, but is just part of the process. Uh, Even Jesus as a teacher encountered these kinds of hearts, and he wasn't successful converting everyone. And uh, so keep in mind that this is just a heart issue and not necessarily a teacher effectiveness issue. Uh, And in addition to that, um, I think it's also interesting uh, to note that, um, well, I lost my thought. Let's move on. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about the parable of the tares. It's found in Matthew chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, and then also verses 36 through 43. And then it's found in Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through 29. For our study today, we'll look at Matthew's account, Matthew chapter 13, 
verses 24 on down through verse 30, and then we'll have occasion to skip down and look at some further verses along the way. So beginning in Matthew chapter 13, verse 24, or yeah, verse 24 and verse 30, would you read them, Jacob? Yeah, it says, Jesus presented another parable to them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. While his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and left. And when the wheat sprouted and produced grain, then the weeds also became evident. And the, the slaves of the landowner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? Then he said to them, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Do you want us to, to then go and gather them up? But he said, No, while you are gathering up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow together until the harvest. At the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, First gather up the weeds and bind them into bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Let's skip on down to verse 36 and look at verses 36 through 43. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said to them, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of the fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear the, the sermon. You know, just an interesting note. Uh, I read about these weeds uh, from one commentator that wrote, Weeds, in this case probably darnel, which in the blade resembles wheat, but which can be distinguished from wheat when it is fully ripe. So almost like they're almost indistinguishable, indistinguishable early on, but then when you start to see the fruit, then they declare themselves. I think it's interesting too that this is describing the kingdom of heaven. It describes a kingdom in which there is a great conflict. There is turmoil. Uh, there, there are tares and there is wheat growing simultaneously. There's nothing here of any talk of a uh, of a uh, millennial kingdom of paradise and all that. No, the scriptures speak of the kingdom of God as being a time in which wheat and tares are growing together. Jesus' explanation of the parable is relatively simple. He had the sower of the good seed, and that's Jesus himself. The field in which the seed was sown, that was the world. And the good seed was the children of the world. The tares were the children of the wicked one. And the wicked one was representative of the devil. 
Both were allowed to grow together, as you were emphasizing, Ross, until the harvest time, which represented the end of the world. At that time, the angels would be the reapers. Both the good and bad would be gathered. The bad would be cast into a furnace of fire, where there would be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The good, or righteous, would go home to the Father. The, the kindness of our God is just amazing um, to, to all of us, giving us um, another, another day, another minute, another second is, is such a blessing. And I think it's, it, it reminded me of Matthew 5, verse 45, where it talks about that God lets the sun rise on the evil and the good, that there's rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Um, it's, it's such a blessing that all of us are allowed to have another day, another second, um, but I think it's, it's especially to those that are choosing to live in sin is that they're choosing to go against God and God still allows them to, to live um, and to, to live and grow until that point where the, the harvest is there, the day of judgment is there. Um, I think it's just a, it's an amazing thing that God is, it is beyond kind to, to all of us, especially those that could not care um, any less about him. Okay, that's going to do it for today's program. We appreciate each and every one who's listening. We still have a bunch of parables to talk about that the Lord will be telling to the people. And we want you very much to tune in and listen. And if you have friends who would be interested in this sort of a study, please tell them about the podcast that you may grow thereby. Until tomorrow then, thanks for listening.